Welcome back to ProMum. I'm speaking to Rosie Arnold, Head of Art and Creative Partner at AMV. She was previously at BBH for 33 years, where she went from intern to deputy ECD. Um, I'm speaking to Rosie because obviously she's clearly very, very talented, but also because I'm interested to know whether things have changed for mums in the industry um, from 20 years ago. BBH for 33 years I was, beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Um, how you're like 18 months in now? Yeah, yeah. About how, how are you finding it? I'm really enjoying it. It's lovely. So, really incredibly lovely people. Um, and, you know, gosh, what a change after 33 years. Although um, a lot of the creative department have at some point been at BBH. So, in some ways, it was like coming home too. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, when you done that, how old were your children? If you don't mind when I changed, moved when jobs. You just, when you decided oh, to move jobs. Oh God! Uh, well, they're twenty-seven and twenty-four now, so it was they would have been I don't know twenty-two and twenty. 20 no, hang on, I'm, my maths. You're going to find me out. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Yeah. In the twenties. Two years ago. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, in their twenties. Yeah. So, as did you find it easier almost to make that transition because um, they were older? It wasn't. It wasn't around my children's ages. I mean, I, I, I don't think that is a sort of relevant to me moving. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't stay all those years because I had children. If that's the yeah. question, no, it wasn't. It wasn't to do with that. No, so, you um, didn't feel like any security in like BBH that oh, made was, you feel oh, no. Like there was a massive amount of security at, at, at BBH, but. Um, those things never entered my head about it. I was always kind of, you know, particularly when they're that age, you know, you're way past worrying about, you know, secure job security yeah. at that stage. Okay, that's really good. Um, so did you always, when you come into the industry, know that you wanted children? Yeah, and I mean, it's really interesting because I come from a generation, I always call us the kind of in between sandwich generation in that, you know, when I was being brought up, I was really expected to just be a wife and mother. And... I don't think anybody in my class at school, I went to girls' school, actually uh, had any ambition to do anything other than that. Um, so I was a bit of a freak. Uh, I loved art and was passionate about it and wanted to go to art school. And my mum was, oh, that's lovely, because then she can illustrate children's books. So the whole mindset was that's, that's what you were going to be, a wife and a mother. Um, so it, it, it sort of sounds strange now, but it didn't really cross my mind that I... It was, you know, it was an option not to have children, and I was just like, I'm going to have children at some point. And then coming into the industry, um, I met I, I met my husband before I started in the industry, and I was, you know, loving my job. But he was the one that said to me, "Look, you know, who's older than me? If if we're going to have children, I'd like them around now because I don't want to be a really ancient dad." I mean, even that sounds funny now because he was 40 when my first son was born, which is not an ancient dad in today's world well, at all so I was 28 when I had my son okay um, and it, I felt quite panicked about having children at that age I have to say uh, but I appreciated my husband's point of view and I thought fair enough he doesn't want to be you know a geriatric dad sorry to all those men listening who are <laughs> <laughs> but it was just it's very difficult to tell people how different the mindset was then about yeah. age and having children you know I mean people felt that you should have your your children in your early early 20s as a woman, early to mid 20s. I remember being very offended that going to the hospital and them saying, I was a, an elderly primate. I was like, what? I'm gonna... 
Um, I think they still say that, actually. I think you are elderly if you're sort of past 23 or something crazy. Well, I'm um, also elderly then. You are. I hate to tell you that. I better get um, moving. Yeah. So, uh, yes, I always wanted children. I rambled on, haven't I? So, um, yeah. you know, and um, it, yeah, so that and was kind of So it sounds like it was circumstantial that you obviously decided to have them um, at that time. Whereabouts were you in terms of, you hadn't yet been made? I wasn't a creative director. A creative director. Um, no. And I mean, I think what my advice to creatives would be, because it is very hard and it, it was different times. So uh, when I got pregnant, the maternity leave was uh, 18 weeks and you'd have I think it was I think it was eight weeks where you were paid 90% of your salary and the rest of the time you were paid 45 pounds a week and I was the main breadwinner and I couldn't have coped on that with a mortgage and everything else as you can imagine I think people yeah. having lunches that cost more than 45 pounds um, and um, there was another few women who were also pregnant not um, not in the creative department at the time Hilary Woods who's a, made a friend of the planner and which was great to have her on my side because we did a lot of research into what other companies were offering maternity leave at the time and we went to a lot of service industries like British Airways who wanted to keep female staff and we negotiated with BBH uh, that we could have six months off and um, three months of full pay and three months at half pay but the deal was that you then had to come back to work for at least a year otherwise you had to pay that money back Okay. Um, and we also negotiated paternity pay for two weeks, which was unheard of yeah. at the time. So wow. it's quite forward thinking. But it was great. BBH were great, and you know they were tough negotiators. Because I think we probably asked for the world, and that's what we got to. But um, they were also brilliant because that was very far sighted for a company at the time, um, which now sounds tough. But you know, it, you, you just have to put it in historical context because it was great for us at the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you find it hard after? To, I'm guessing you then obviously took those full six months. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you find it hard then going? I'm asking you to really cast your mind back, but did you find it hard going back to work? Did you feel like you were ready or? Yeah, no, I did. I did. I mean, it, you know, maybe I'm just a bit stupid about things, but because that was the way it was, that's what you do. Yeah. You know, and you make the best of that situation. I actually will be really controversial because I think in a lot of ways it's probably better for both of you, both baby and you, to go back when they're younger than after a year because I hear a lot of mums talking about how difficult it is for the child having had you for a year and then you're no longer there. Whereas at six months, and in fact they're younger than six months, because obviously by the time you've had the baby and had a couple of weeks off, so they're really four months when you go back to work at that stage, they, the baby doesn't know any different. Yeah. And it's much less of a trauma for the child that you've gone, because then you know, I, I had a, a daily nanny who would come in and look after Tom, and we shared, I, Hillary and I shared a nanny to share costs, which was great. Um, so really we had idea. we had a month at my house and a month at her house. So the babies were in their own environments, and you know it meant that one month I was like, oh god, I've got to get up really early and get Tom to, you know, to Elliot's and anyways, yeah, and then, and then she'd have that. So you know it, it shared the, uh, you know, um, that was a struggle in the mornings, and then oh gosh, that's nice this month because they're at my house, you know. Yeah. Um, so it was financially smart, and you know, uh, it also it meant the babies are still in their own environments. But they were also then used to us not being there. Yeah. So, you know, and the daily thing was important rather than living because it meant that we had to get home on time to let the daily nanny go, 
which was quite a good lesson for the way we worked and the way BBH understood our working hours, you know. Yeah. Um, How did you find that? Did a lot of people kind of... It was t- it was tough. It was yeah. tough. People, you know, and and BBH is you know a really fantastically creative agency, which you need to put in the hours to come up with that quality of work. Yeah. So that was tough. Um, and I think you know I think our industry is tough on hours, but I think fortunately there's a whole load of new inventions that weren't out. You know, I I say to people, I didn't even have a calculator when I was at school. You know, we didn't have voicemail. We didn't have emails. So. It, now there's a way of working remotely that you really can decide well I'm going to leave the office or whatever time I'm going to leave the office go back sort out the baby and then I can actually follow up on emails I can make conference calls I can do all sorts of things that you couldn't have done 27 years ago so that makes a real difference to how people can work yeah so I guess when you was getting home, was you just at home? You didn't like work yeah, in yeah. the evenings. No, I didn't work in the evenings. Well, you couldn't you know, be like I'm on email because there wasn't. Yeah, but I, you know, again, as a creative, it's different because you're thinking of ideas all the time. So you yeah. can do that in the evenings or on the bar. You can do that all the time. So, yeah. so in a way, it is quite a portable job like that. So you just go, well, I'm just going to write some scripts tonight. Yeah. And baby's gone to bed. And, you know, so we can easily do that. Okay. That's yeah. That's really smart in terms of sharing. Yeah. Childhood. How long did you do that for? Oh golly, um, I can't remember. Maybe two years. Okay. Something like that. Two, maybe three years. And then, how did you work around like when your son started going to school and? Uh, I I kept a daily nanny um, until I felt they were old enough to have an au pair, which was quite late. I think it wasn't until about you know ten and twelve or something because yeah. I was a bit precious about them, I suppose. You know, I just, I mean, I, I, and it was very expensive. I always laughed that, you know, my salary went straight from BBH into everybody else's accounts, the school, the, the au pair, the nanny, yeah. whoever it was, and not me. But, you know, um, that was fine. It allowed us, to, you know, allowed... There was a big debate about whether we should move out of London for education, but I didn't want to because I wanted to be really close to the boys. I wanted to get home as quickly as I could to see them. So that's, that's another the tricky thing, isn't it, yeah. in London, is knowing... That toss up of do you say central and be f- and be further out and that means it's longer for you to get away yeah. from them but then you've got a massive garden for them to run exactly, around exactly exactly so I think maybe I was a bit selfish because I went I want to see them if anything terrible happens I want to be half an hour away from them I don't want to have to be waiting for the train to come if I need to get home in an emergency or anything I just couldn't bear that thought no. so um, that's why I stayed and that's fair enough. But, yeah. Um, and how about like your husband at that time? Where was he? Uh, he was an art. He is a teacher. I mean, not he was. He was. A, he ran a number of courses in um, St Albans School of Art, um, and he was brilliant. I mean, he, he really helped. You know, he's a fantastic dad, and we definitely shared the load. Yeah. So I couldn't have done it without him. He was a wonderful support to me, and really enlightened about that sort of behaviour. So you know. I went off and shoots for two weeks. He'd look after the boys and, you know, without a worry or anything. Yeah. I think it's, like, the more I hear people talking about it, that, that equal share and that kind of, like, support from each other is um, is really important. It is, it? yeah. When you decided to, going back to, like, um, when you had your first son mm-hmm. and you decided to have children... Um, did you in your head have this like plan? Did, was you like this is how I'm going to do it, or did you just kind of 
just see, see what happens. I just see what happens. I definitely see what happens because I think uh, I'm not... I'm not a bit of a chaotic person that way. I don't sort of... I'm always really impressed when people say, well, I've got a life coach, and then I decided I was going to do this and I was going to do that. I'm not that sort of person. I just... I'm quite instinctive, and I feel you have to go with the flow. You have to find how you feel in that moment and what works best for you, and that then you will find a way of making it work because stuff works out. So, you know, I always say to people, I have no idea how I'm even going to walk out of the room so if I'm trying to anticipate my new... Of course, there's a bit of planning that you have to do, but, you know, and I suppose negotiating for fair maternity leave was right. And I think what happens is that, you know, stuff occurred in my life that then I would respond to. So I, I had a really bad back injury and had to have a back operation mm-hmm. and had to take um, a couple of months off work. And that made me really reevaluate things and think hard. And after that, I was like, actually, I want to spend a bit more time with my sons and a bit more time for me so I wanted to go to four days a week and at that stage no creatives work part time it was still part time was a really you know I don't even think part, four days is part time now but that it took me quite a long time to negotiate with BBH because I think they were like well that just doesn't work how on earth does that happen and, yeah. and then what's the pressure going on to your partner if you're not there for one you know so so we we actually did work something out and sort of experimented and um it seemed to work and that was great and then that sort of opened the doors actually I think the next person to go part time um, was a Justin Moore uh, at, at BBH and they were like a man wanted to go part time and you know it was for <laughs> other reasons and he was brilliant he's done fantastic work I mean a very successful creative so that just you know it just takes somebody to go right right I'm, I want to do this for these reasons and I had to be quite tough about it I think they didn't um, think it would work but then then there's a big responsibility on you to make it work isn't it for everybody else coming forward yeah and I guess for yourself because you feel like you have of something course. to prove yeah did you f- yeah. did you find that really hard or no it was again, wonderful it it's seems wonderful. like you're just it's like water off a duck's back you just kind of I just think you do everything you can to make it work and, yeah. exactly yeah. and that's all you can do isn't it yeah. you know and I don't think you know you can have a well, you know, when the baby's two, I'm going to do this, and when the baby's four, I'm going to do this, because you might decide, actually, I don't want to work anymore. You know what? I want to spend... Or you might go, God, this stage... I always say to people, I probably would have rather gone straight back to work and then had more time off when they are about seven. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. I mean, you know, everyone has different (laughs) stages they love. I just happen to absolutely adore them when they're sort of seven, you know. I mean, babies are great, but I'm not a great, you know, before they can speak. Yeah, that's fine. You, you love your own children like nothing else, and I loved, I love them ridiculously. But honestly, other people's babies being around hundreds of other people's babies. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and talking right. about what they're doing, eating yes, it, and that, crying. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I did feel like I just can't have this conversation any longer. But anyway, yeah. So, um, so you kind of forged the way, I guess, in BBH in terms of that, and you wasn't. Um, you wasn't scared of asking that question. Did you have like I a- was actually. I think you know. I think the the constant fear is that people will not take you seriously anymore. Yeah. And think that you are no longer committed to the job, to being a creative, and that um, I remember I did this thing which was hilarious. I felt if I had a picture of the kids up on my desk, mm-hmm. that men would be looking at it going. Oh, She's not really concentrating. She's just thinking about the children, or she, or worse, she shouldn't be here. She should be at home looking after those children. And if a man has a picture of kids on the desk, what a fantastic dad! Oh God, he's working really hard because he's got to support 
his family. And I really felt that might be my interpretation, but that's yeah. how I felt people would respond to me with pictures, you know, like I was a heartless mother who shouldn't be there at work. Um, and I was like, okay, uh, so I, I did this thing which was brilliant. I got my sons, and they were four and six. I got a huge six foot by four foot canvas and um, put different paintbrushes in different pots of colours, got they muddled them up, and let them just go mad. And they did this absolutely amazing painting, which I'm going to take with me around the world or wherever I go, or, you know, have, I'll have a small flat with this one big painting up forever. <laughs> and I put it on my office wall. And to me, that was like, this is, yes, I've got children and this is their painting and this is a real statement about the fact that I am a working mum. Yeah. And, um, you know. So you almost conquered it by going one step further. Yes. In a way. Yes. Because do people come into your office people and go, like, who, who done this? Yeah, everyone was like, it is amazing. It looks like a basquiat or something. You would go, everyone, people would buy it, wanted to buy it, and you go, my sons did that. And then actually what was brilliant was everybody's response was, oh, I've got to go and do that with my kids. So it's sort of, got over oh she's a terrible yeah you know I don't know she's I a brilliant mum that's taught them this exactly, exactly, exactly I mean and I, I, I you know again you're saying did I have a plan I didn't I wasn't like right I'm going to do this painting and that's going to make I thought I, I wanted to do something to show that I had children that I wasn't ashamed to be at work with children so I definitely and it was a fun thing to do and hey wasn't it you know yeah it's just a fun idea god knows where it came from but um well, it feels you're obviously really into art generally, yeah. aren't you? So yeah. it probably felt like the right thing to yeah, do. That's your, do how that. you express yourself, and I'm oh. sure that's how your family express themselves due to that. So yeah. that's that's brilliant. Um, and have you ever had like had to interview other women who have maybe like turned down a job because they've been pregnant? No, no, no. I haven't. No, and I mean, I, I there was a nice article wasn't there, about um, I can't remember some, somebody who's just been hired. In America, who's um, yes, you know, yeah, eight oh, months pregnant, yeah. yeah, which is um, fantastic. She was at BBH, I think, actually in New York, wasn't she? And then she was yes, going to seventy two yeah. and something. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. is great. It's a great story. Yeah, it's really good. No, it's just interesting because I've been reading um, Cheryl Sandberg's mm. books, and in there she was saying she's she's literally had people come to interview before and been a bit like sheepish. She's been like, why are you not? Why are you not? You kind of kind of come to the interviews. And make me believe in you so much that I want you, and then all of a sudden uh, pulling, back. pulling back. And she said, uh, you know, I kind of had to say to people um, as they're almost leaving the room, going like, "Is you can say anything to me? Is there anything in your life that?" And obviously they just go like, "Oh well, yes," and yeah. kind of break down that barrier. Um, and then obviously you just work around it. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, just because you have a child doesn't mean you are. You know, you've lost your marbles, and you're not going to be, you know, interested in your career. I mean, a lot of people build up, you know, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of talent and information and quality. By the time you're ready to have a baby, you're probably an incredibly valuable member um, to any organisation. You know, I think you've got to think about that. Yeah, because did you feel by the time? Because I've heard like quite a lot of people saying that have had a plan mm. that. Um, they're like, right, I'll work really hard now for so many years, and then as a result of that, I'll be high enough up or Actually, respected enough. Yeah, I think that would be, if I didn't have, if I hadn't had my husband saying now, uh, I think that would have been, definitely, I don't have a plan, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. I, I always say to creatives, if you can, um, make sure that you've got an award or a very good piece of work yeah. under your belt before you go off to have a kid. 
you know, hopefully that you will have done that by that age. If you haven't, then maybe you shouldn't be a creative. But, you know, that to me is the key that, you know, as a creative person, we're validated by recognition for our work, unfortunately. But that's the way it is. And yeah. so, you know, if you've got an award, then that's brilliant because that means that that's your sort of qualification so that when you come back into the industry, people go, oh, yeah, you're the one that did this. Yeah. So it makes, well, you'd like to think that it would make it yeah, easier. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it does because, you know, you have to be good, you, you know, you have to be valuable, you have to be good at your job. You can't just go, well, you know, I'm, I didn't get back in. But if you're not good at your job, whoever you are, whatever sex you are, you know, you're not going to be valuable. Yeah. So you've got to be good at your job. And, and, you know, you've got to prove you're good at your job. And I would recommend that you've got to a point where you feel that you've proved you're good at your job before you take time off. Yeah. Because it's going to be harder to get back in. Because, you know, whoever, you know, it's like going, well, I really wanted to go travelling. I didn't quite ever achieve anything as a creative, but I took a year off to go around the world and then expected to get another job when I got back. You're going to go, well, why, why am I going to choose you over a another young creative who's just out of you know art school or wherever they are who's got a fantastic portfolio and promise whereas you, you've been working for five years and you've done nothing so yeah. you know I think you just have to be realistic yeah I know that's fair enough um, so was you did you have to fight for like flexible working hours at BBH or did well, you have or was I worked, it offered to you no or? no no I fought for the four days yeah. I didn't have flexible working hours. I worked okay. 8.30, 9 o'clock till 6.30, whatever. They're, they're yeah. long hours. Um, I, you know, there's a big work ethic there. I did, you know, ha- as I said, I had a daily nanny and meant that either my husband or I had to be home on time. I would say fairly. He probably was home early and for me most nights. Yeah. Um, but I was very strict about never missing any sports days, school plays, you know birthdays and I would put them in the diary in advance so I do do some planning Um, (laughs) uh, parents evenings I never missed a single one and I was really proud of that because I you know they were important to the boys so anything that was really important to them yeah I prioritized that's really good so you wouldn't say that you've made any sacrifices in your family life for work no there was always a few um but no not really, no. That was my unmovable thing. I've always put my family first, so... Yeah. yeah. Um, and would you... Have you ever had to, as a result of that sacrifice, anything the other way to sacrifice? Um... Probably, but I don't remember. Oh, Whereas yeah. I think I would have remembered if I... I remember when Tom was one, he's my older son, he had a form of meningitis and was in hospital. Oh. And I don't think I'd realised how serious it was, and it was absolutely terrifying. And that's the only period where I... I was editing a Shell commercial and I was sort of he was in hospital for a week and I was very torn because it was like a big job I needed to be in the edit suite and I, and I that's the one thing I feel bad about because I think I did go to the edits and I shouldn't have I should have just stayed with Tom he was yeah. fine but that's a, that was a real crunch point for me because I was getting a lot of pressure to finish the film Yeah. and you know that was one of those ah I don't know what, what to, do. to do and I think I was so emotional about Tom being ill but not really understanding how serious it was but getting a lot of pressure to do the edit so that's the one period I would look back and go I should have just gone I'm sorry everybody it's advertising this is my son Yeah. I should have done that and then later when my husband was ill I just dropped everything and looked after him and yeah. BBH were amazing 
absolutely amazing. But it, it, you know, I was at that point where it just wouldn't even occur to me that I could possibly even work. So I just was like, right, that's it, I'm out of here. Yeah. And um, do you think it was partly because of that previous experience? Might well have been. As well? Yeah. Might well have been. But um, yeah, when when you know, in my mind, when terrible things or whatever happens, to prioritise your loved ones. Yeah. Well, I suppose with, with your son in that moment, it's just what you um, feel is is right at the time, and you know you. you yeah. Like you didn't know how serious it was. Yeah. It's that's your creative baby. Yeah, like exactly. it's that exactly. thing, and like you exactly. said, in almost it's almost a work can be a switch off point as well, can't it? Yeah. Which I think is yeah. like you were saying. Sometimes it might be more important to come back earlier, one for the attachment, but also for your own sanity, yeah. so that yeah. you've got. Um, yeah, and also I, the, I found that yeah, yeah, I found that quite a good period of time to be away because actually the truth is six months isn't that long. No. You know, I'm quite there was a few projects that I worked on that I was lucky enough and, and you know if you could design to do this wouldn't it be wonderful but I literally was off for six months and then when I got back I was picking up awards for the stuff that I'd done before just before I left so it felt like I'd never wow. been away which was really yeah. lucky um, but you can't you, there's absolutely no way you can engineer that but no. you know that was um, but that that was you know in the time between my two children I worked really really hard to show that I hadn't lost it because that's another thing that you feel people think. Now that's my what I bring to the yeah. party. How people maybe used to think. I can tell you, um, I, I think the world has changed, and that people wouldn't think that anymore. I think people would think having a, a mother back in the workplace is a valuable thing. I, I mean, AMV have been amazing. They've just launched a sort of program to get more mums back in, especially into the creative department, with an incredible job offer, um, and. Uh, yeah, so we've just appointed somebody who's coming back um, when their baby's one um, in September. I can't tell you who it is, but it's fantastic. So that's really exciting. That's really good. Mm. Um, have you got like a name for that initiative? or Probably, you... but I can't remember what it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. I'm just thinking like if people hear this and then go like... Well, oh, if you're a fantastic... Let me tell you, if you're a fantastic female creative and you've had time off for a baby or you want to have a baby or whatever, come to AMV. <laughs> <laughs> Show me your book. Hmm. Um, so would you say obviously all the conversations that are happening in the industry at the moment, that um, women having children is still one of the biggest things holding them back in terms of climbing the ladder. Big uh, question there, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> probably. I think, at, I think attitudes are changing. Yeah. But I think there probably is still quite a lot of secret um, unconscious bias yeah. about it, if I'm honest. But I also think you know, um, one of the things I know you wanted to speak to me about, having heard my other interview, which is that decision to not take a top job. Yeah. I think, um, I laugh about it because I say, you know, maybe women are too sensible. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's hard that, isn't it? Because I think part of liberation is doing what you want, not what you feel pressurised to do. So, you know, don't feel pressurised to stop work because you've had a baby, don't feel pressurised to go back to work because you've had a baby, don't feel pressurised to take a job that you don't want to do because I thought very hard about taking a much more senior role somewhere and being a CCO and I thought I should do that because that would 
you know, encourage more women into the creative industry and, you know, and then I just stopped and looked at it and went, I just actually, I really like being around the creative stuff. I still like my four day a week. I don't want to go back to five days because yeah. um, that's, I, I love creating art. I, it's time for me to think and be and um, just trying to find a balance in my life about what I really want to do. And that's what I just encourage everyone because to me that's, that's proper equality, doing what you want to do. And the same way, I don't think men should feel pressurised into taking jobs they don't want to do. Yeah. Know, just because it's the big man, I, I need to get to the top of the tree. Do you really? Are you happy? You know, where, where do you really want to be? I think is... Yeah, because it's interesting, especially with like creative teams, when they split and you see that one of them's like global. Yeah. Whatever, and then you've got someone else that has just decided to carry on being a creative director. But like you say, that's not because one's better than the other it's because one wants to be in loads of meetings and likes being perhaps a mouthpiece for the company whilst the other person like I said likes being close to the work and still coming up with ideas and there shouldn't really be anything wrong with that no Um, I mean I'd argue that you're still got top role yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and have had many of them so that's great. yeah no it's a fan I've got a fan I have been very lucky I've got a fantastic job it's not that it's not but you know you can imagine if you'd heard Rosie Arnold going to be chief creative officer of blah 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 as opposed yeah. to Rosie Arnold being head of art which is a lovely job I'm sure everyone oh what a lovely job which is what I feel you know yeah other people might go oh no chief creative officer like, that's a lovely job but so, like you say, you've just got to do I what, love you, my job what you want to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Otherwise, you're not going to, even if there is even further to go, you're not going to go further if you're not enjoying it on a day to day basis, no. are you? So. What would you say has changed your career for the better since you've had children? I think, I think as a creative, you're, uh, there's several things that happen. I think when, as a person, as a human being, the minute you have a baby, your view completely changes I've never been so astonished at how how could I watch the news and see starving children in Africa or somebody's been knocked over by a motorbike or whatever it is and not feel the depth of emotion that I now feel so that was for me like a light switch moment the minute I had children and you know that empathy with other people in the world uh, and a real understanding of human sorrow human joy I think you know, no disrespect to people that don't have children, but for me, that was a massive turning point. Um, so I think, as a communicator, I understand people in a very different way now I've had children and now I'm a mother. Um, I think, uh, as a creative, you're, you're immersed in very different worlds all of a sudden. So a lot of my ideas I've got, but when I look back, I can see a campaign that I, for Levi's I did, which was around magic painting, which you know, directly came from you know, playing with my children. So, you know, you, you touch points on lots of different things because you're entertaining your children. You go to different shows, you experience, you know, I don't know, ball ponds, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, you, you find that the range of activities that you do and the, the range of um, touch points are so much more varied um, when you've got children. So, you know, as an adult, you, you go to the theatre, you go to, you know, films, you, you know, you don't go to the kids' films, although I would love to steal somebody's <laughs> child to go to the kids' films. Just go. Just, just go, go, just go. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? You can see that your, your experience is, is much more varied, and because of that, that feeds you as a creative. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think I'm better on those two levels. My, my empathy and understanding of different sectors of the public and people I'm talking to, different target audiences, and where I'm getting ideas from. Yeah, especially 
in London agencies because I think it's so easy to get into this like bubble isn't it yeah where you're only doing things yeah that yeah. everyone else is doing and it's like I guess children just bring you down to earth exactly yeah yeah, yeah exactly. doesn't matter who you are if they're going to be yeah. sick on you they're going to be sick on you and you've got like yeah, yeah. things like that to or stroke the donkey or yeah. you're going to do you know whatever it is things that you wouldn't normally do you say that there's a still a stigma around other people having flexible working hours like have you had anyone come to, um come to you asking for flexible working um, hours or i did at bbh but that was ages ago and then we sorted that out i think uh i think amv is very proactive about yeah. flexibility um and i think they're I probably one of the reasons I came here was for such a nice environment to work and they're so open to that um, so my experience here has been really good I don't think there's been any prejudice and I think what I've seen is you know it's almost like the gauntlet's down yeah. so companies are trying to prove how non-biased they are which is great I think there might be a bit of um, unconscious bias about it still floating around I mean there's bound to be because you know it's been that's been the system for so many years. Yeah. So I think there's probably still people thinking, well, you know, and it's annoying. You know, it's annoying for people that don't work on a Friday. So there's meetings that go in, and people are like, well, I don't, you know, I really need to see you, and you're like, well, I'm really sorry, but I'm, you know, work, I, yeah. I don't work. But of course, you know, you have to be a bit flexible because you, you know, you might recognise that actually this is a crucial moment in the project, and for me to just withdraw myself completely, you know, I would be working on a Saturday if yeah. it required that of me. So I just go, you've got to be sensible about it and just, you know, within limits, if you can manage it so that you don't get interrupted on your day off, that's fantastic. But within, you know, normally there's a little bit of something that I have to do and I just go, well, that's fine. It's only a, you know, it's only a phone call or it's a, just a, a casting our eye over something that's yeah. not too, not too tough. Yeah. Yeah. No. I guess it's more, a lot of the time, for your, doing it for yourself because I can imagine, well, I know, as a creative that a lot of the time you want to, you're like, oh, yes. I, don't, I don't want to, maybe I shouldn't take my day off tomorrow. And you're kind of yes. going, no, you've done this for a reason. Yeah, take exactly. your day off. Exactly. But exactly. then there's still a part of you that's like, yeah, oh, but I, mean, I don't want to miss out. Uh, there is, there is. And I think then that means you need to make sure that what you're doing in your day off is something you want to do. Yeah. You know, so sometimes they're just, you know, they're non-days days off. In that case, I always end up probably doing more than I should. Or, you know, so I did a sculpture course as a holiday which was ridiculous because it was the next step on the tube from here in Lambeth <laughs> and it was grey, rainy old, miserable February in Lambeth all, you know, doing this sculpture course, which I loved. And I remember Scylla when I got back, I'm like, why didn't you go and do it in Tuscany or something? And I was like, because it was a bronze casting course and there's so few in the world. It was the, it was, ironically, it was like the only place I hadn't even thought, I was like, I really want to do this. Yeah. But then, you know, that felt a bit of the coals to Newcastle. But I knew that I was completely involved in it you know yeah. so, so even though I was kind of almost going past the office door I was like didn't <laughs> even thinking about it you know was there any ever time when you actually got off here accidentally like so if there's one piece of advice that you could give to a, a new mum coming into the um, or a new mum in the industry now about what what she should do what would I think um I think prioritise your baby. Mm-hmm. Don't worry 
about what people think, but do be good at your job. And I know that sounds like, oh God, how can I do that? But I think there's so much pressure to be seen to be being a certain way that will will compromise you know, your involvement with your child. And I think work out what works for you and what you feel comfortable with. Um, you know, bear in mind you have got a job and you'll be paid for it and you need to be good at it, but you might just go for, you know, for me it was like, I need to make sure that I'm home at this particular time yeah. you know, for you know, whatever. Um, and then make that clear to the people. So give the people you work with your, you know, your clear guidelines about, you know, I will be available, but I need to be home for six o'clock, so I'm going to be leaving at 5.30 and I will be you know, doing whatever I'm doing and then I'll put the baby to bed at eight so I will be available on email from eight o'clock till ten o'clock or whatever if that's, you know, so just be very, very clear and very open um, and make sure that you look at your priorities and that, you know, you have got a job, you are being paid for it, you need to be good at it, you have got a baby, you are a mother, you need to be good at that too. So you need to sit down and work out what the best working practice is for you and for those you work with and to be clear and I, you know, give due warning if you've got an appointment with the baby, you know, that's important for you to do it. Tell everybody weeks before, ring fence it in your diary and say to people for the next the week preceding it, you do know I'm not going to be here on Tuesday morning. You know, and, and just be clear and open and honest and don't think, oh God, I can't tell them I'm not going to be there because I've got a hospital appointment on Tuesday morning with the baby because they're all going to think that's terrible. Yeah. They're going to think it's terrible if you haven't told them, what, what she, where is she? I thought she was going to be here on Tuesday morning, where is she? So... You know, don't be frightened about telling people the, your priorities around your baby. All you're doing is being clear, and you know, I think I'd say that because I think I was a bit because you just feel like, oh, people here think she's not doing a job. Yeah, and, that and, question and mark that, all the time. And, and you yeah. go, just be clear with people. Which in some ways you go like, yeah, at that particular time I'm not doing my job, but afterwards I will. Yeah, and just being absolutely. transparent. But about you know, it. The, the truth is. I, I, you know, and I, I think being worried about what other people think is a terrible trait that I have very badly. You know, I'm really bad about that. And then I imagine, well, if this was a man saying, um, I'm actually not going to be there on Tuesday morning because I've got a doctor's appointment or I've, I've got to, you know, take my kids to school, or I'd go, oh, great, good for him. Or, yeah. you know, fine, at least I know and I'll work around it. I wouldn't be judging him because he told me that he'd got a, a reason he wasn't going to be there on a Tuesday morning. Yeah. yeah. I think as well is... If someone's going to have that opinion, they're going to have their opinion. That opinion, no matter yeah. what, in some ways, and you're yeah. not going to change that. So it's like let them yeah. get on with that as long as yeah. you've got your understanding. So yeah, be true to yourself. Okay, so I'm going to do like a quick, quick fire, fire. quick fire, quick okay. fire. Quick fire. Quick fire. But I say quick fire. It doesn't have to. Everyone's no, no, it always have to be. I've got <laughs> yeah. <10 minutes. laughs> um, so I, at the time when you had your children, I got home for dinner every night, like. Oh. Um, we, we're talking about work nights, are you? Yes. I let's go two times a week. Okay. Um, since becoming a mum, I that what in what terms? Because since becoming a mum, I became very happy. I uh, <laughs> I love my children. I was better at my job. Okay. Yeah. I think. I, do you know what I think I was since becoming a mum? I think I was more time efficient. Yeah, a lot of people say that. That's what I think happened. Which in some ways is like brilliant because everyone's yeah. trying to be time efficient when they've not got children. Maybe we all just need to have children just so that we can become just the priority. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? yeah. Stop what you're doing, have children. Um, you're happiest when? Oh, 
oh, that's a, that's why I'm happiest when. <laughs> well, gosh, I mean, I'm happiest when. That's really hard because this, the, if you want, in what terms? Because I could say I'm happiest when I've cracked an idea for a, a creative brief that I love. Yeah. So I still have that absolute joy around a great idea. Um, and I'm happiest when also my kids are happy. Yeah. Or my family's happy. Yeah. Um, being successful means? Loving your job and loving your family life. You know, so I think I'd go success is a happy, balanced life. Brilliant. And the industry could help parents by? Like, what do you think is the biggest thing? I think the biggest thing is do. an innate uh, belief that you have to be in the office to be great at your job. So I think we need to evaluate people by their output and what they do rather than how many hours they spend in the, in the office. Yeah. Because well, at the end of the day, you could be in the office on ASOS or doing yeah. something yeah. else yeah. and people just wouldn't know, would they? So, yeah. um, brilliant. Thank well, you thanks so you. much for coming in. That's brilliant. you very much to Rosie there who um, took time out of her day to speak to me um, that was another Pro Mum podcast the music on this podcast is called Good Morning and credit goes to the composer Audio Binger if you would like to be featured on Pro Mum or know someone who would get in touch at the Pro Mum website